Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And before we get into Jeff Bezos of Amazon deciding to buy bonds, of all things, in a pending area of inflation, that's a little financial humor for you all, I wanted to start this episode off by thanking those of you that are supporting the channel on Patreon. A number of our reward tiers on Patreon talk about acknowledgement and this being a video towards the end of May is that video where we acknowledge some of our biggest supporters in our sponsorship tiers, Tavern Keeper and Dragon Girl. Thank you so much for helping to make this channel work. Honestly, I don't know how we got through all of Epic versus Apple and we still have more to come in that particular saga, but I could not do it without Tavern Keeper, Dragon Girl, and supporters like you. So thank you very much for checking out our Patreon. If you are interested in supporting the channel, please do check it out. I think we've got a lot of cool tiers there and we're going to be doing a question time video this weekend. Uh, and if you'd like to have your questions answered by me, no legal advice, please do check out the tiers for that. Now, let's get into the substance here. Amazon buys MGM, studio behind James Bond, for $8.45 billion. Seven and a half, eight and a half billion dollars. That's right where the big acquisitions are happening right now, right? Yep. Microsoft, Bethesda, we've got another spinoff we're going to talk about as part of this video that we've talked about in virtual legality in the past. And isn't it interesting that Variety here reports on MGM as the studio behind James Bond? They are, of course, in part behind James Bond, but MGM has one of the longest histories of all the movie studios. They're one of the big originals in Hollywood. And certainly that seems to be what's driving at least a part of Amazon's purchase decision. So let's actually go to their press release here. And I apologize for the formatting of this particular page and the lack of readability for those of you that are watching this on YouTube. Unfortunately, if I zoom in a little bit further, we get a lot of interference from their LinkedIn and Twitter and what is that? Reddit uh, posting uh, buttons on the side there. So we'll just read along. It's not that long. Uh, and then we'll get back to that Variety article to talk about what all this means. Amazon and MGM today announced that they have entered into a definitive merger agreement under which Amazon will acquire MGM for a purchase price of $8.45 billion. Now, first and foremost, if you've been in virtual legality for a while, you know I'm cheating a little bit with that thumbnail headline. They have entered into a definitive merger agreement. Does not mean that money has changed hands. Does not mean that contracts or title to intellectual property has changed hands. It means that they have agreed that they will change hands after a certain set of conditions have been met, which we see at the bottom of this press release completion of this transaction is subject to regulatory approvals and other customary closing conditions. Now, ordinarily, regulatory approvals are not something that's generally going to get in your way, but we are now in an era of pretty significant consolidation of all sorts of content creators, content producers, film companies, video game companies, and the like. We have also entered into an era where regulatory bodies are looking very specifically at tech companies like Amazon amidst all this consolidation. So there is the possibility, at least, especially in America, that the DOJ or the FTC could ask for additional information, additional hearings, whatever it might be, to determine whether or not this will have a problem with respect to content creation and studio consolidation. Disney just bought Fox not a couple of years ago. So we are already seeing the effects of a lot of these studios coming together. And whether or not you like that is probably up to your perspective on how you feel about the Amazons and big technology companies of the world. MGM has nearly a century of filmmaking history and complements the work of Amazon Studios, which has primarily focused on producing TV show programming. 
Amazon will help preserve MGM's heritage and catalog of films and provide customers with greater access to these existing works. Through this acquisition, Amazon would empower MGM to continue to do what they do best, great storytelling. And I've mentioned it a lot in Virtual Legality. You'll see this line in merger and acquisition documents a lot, that we're just gonna let the company that we bought continue to do what it does. And to some extent, that might be true. MGM is certainly built differently than Amazon has been built. Amazon being a software and logistic services company first and foremost, and then Prime, and then content creation. But if MGM isn't working out, if there are other consolidations that Amazon wants to make within its internal structure, you don't say that in this press release. Every single company has said, hey, you're making money. We're going to keep you doing what you're doing until we don't. Then we have quotes from the parties. MGM has a vast catalog with more than 4,000 films. This is Amazon talking now, including... 12 Angry Men, great film. If you like virtual legality, check that one out. Absolute classic, still holds up. Basic Instinct, Creed, love Creed. James Bond, Legally Blonde, Moonstruck, Poltergeist, Raging Bull, Robocop, Rocky, Silence of the Lambs, Stargate, Thelma and Louise, Tomb Raider, okay? The Magnificent Seven, The Pink Panther, The Thomas Crown Affair, and many other icons, as well as 17,000 TV shows, including Fargo, The Handmaid's Tale, and Vikings, that have collectively won more than 180 Academy Awards and 100 Emmys, said Mike Hopkins, Senior Vice President of Prime Video and Amazon Studios. The real financial value behind this deal is the treasure trove of IP in the deep catalog that we plan to reimagine and develop together with MGM's talented team. So a couple of things that they're saying there, right? Not only are they going to, in all likelihood, release and consolidate and package and repurpose everything that's in MGM's library to go out onto Amazon Prime and things like that. But they also want to focus on reimagining and developing together MGM's old stuff, right? In movies, in video games, in pop culture in general, we have certainly seen a lot of reimaginings, a lot of reboots, whatever you want to call them. And Amazon here is saying we've bought a lot of MGM stuff that we can reimagine into Amazon stuff and hopefully make Amazon's content delivery, Amazon Prime, and whatever else they might spin it off into even more attractive than it was before. Finishing off their quote, it's very exciting and provides so many opportunities for high quality storytelling. Now, MGM in and of itself is interesting, right? You saw that list. It was kind of eclectic and unusual. As I said at the top of this video, MGM is one of the oldest creators of movies uh, in Hollywood. You've got their initial release here at April 14th, 1924. And it's unlikely that Amazon's going to resurrect a lot of these. In fact, a lot of these I don't think have talking uh, in them. But when we get to the tail end of MGM's history, we don't see as many uh, shining stars uh, in their release strategy. We also see a lot of co-productions. We see co-productions with places like New Line Cinema, which is itself a label of Warner Brothers. We see co-productions with Universal and others. And a lot of those are going to have to be pieced together and apart for what exactly are MGM's distribution rights in respect of those movies. What can Amazon actually do with them? Who owns the right to make derivatives of these kinds of works? And so it's an interesting purchase. It's one of the reasons why a company with this history and that many releases is actually selling at not that terribly high a level. 8.5 billion actually isn't that high for how long MGM has been around, but... MGM has also had its issues with releasing movies, is carrying a significant amount of debt, and part of the purchase price is Amazon taking on that debt and getting the MGM owners out of that particular problem. Uh, we also 
see as part of this press release a quote from MGM. It has been an honor to have been a part of the incredible transformation of Metro Goldwyn Mayer. To get here took immensely talented people with a true belief in one vision. On behalf of the board, I would like to thank the MGM team who have helped us arrive at this historic day. I am very proud that MGM's Lion, which has long evoked the golden age of Hollywood, will continue its storied history, and the idea born from the creation of United Artists lives on in a way the founders originally intended, driven by the talent and their vision. The opportunity to align MGM's storied history with Amazon is an inspiring combination, and undoubtedly driven by the $8.5 billion and the taking on of MGM's debt. But let's talk about some of the specifics, as Variety does in their article here. So Amazon buys MGM studio behind James Bond for $8.45 billion. They have a couple of strategic editorials here, but Variety is one of those publications. It's pretty good at trying to figure out exactly what these studios are doing. I always recommend taking multiple sources here, uh, but Variety was the first on the scene. And so we'll talk about what they think is happening. For Amazon, snapping up MGM, which has more than 4,000 movies and 17,000 TV shows in its catalog, which we saw referenced in the press release, is a way to supercharge its prime video service with a slew of well-known entertainment titles. In addition, Amazon is anticipating being able to mine Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer's properties like the Pink Panther, Rocky, and yes, the 007 franchises for new originals. So we saw that. Now, Amazon didn't actually press as much on just using the catalog to shore up Amazon Prime, but that will undoubtedly be a part of the value that's provided by a deal like this one. The MGM deal is Amazon's second largest acquisition behind its $13.7 billion purchase of Whole Foods in 2017. You know you're talking about a conglomerate when its two biggest acquisitions, one is a grocery store and another is a movie producer. Amazon didn't say when it expects to close the MGM acquisition, which is subject to regulatory approvals and other routine closing conditions. However, insiders believe the pact will be approved by the end of 2021. That would put it at about the six-month mark. That would be normal-ish for a deal like this. The question is whether the current environment, whether it's government regulatory or otherwise, creates things that are not so routine. I would never actually describe the regulatory process as routine, even for a deal that has gone through, like was the case with Disney and Fox, but they are usually not a barrier to a transaction like this. We'll have to see what happens. The purchase price includes the assumption of MGM's debt. That's a big deal. We don't have the details for how much is cash, how much is stock, what is debt, because Amazon hasn't filed for that. We'll see that as part of this article. Continuing with Variety's take on it, the pact comes on the heel of AT&T's decision to spin off Warner Media and combine it with Discovery, a deal that many entertainment analysts have predicted will spark a new round of mergers and acquisitions. And I tend to agree. In fact, that's what I said when I did my video here. If you're interested in what we said about Warner Media and Discovery and especially the WB Games angle on all of that, please do check out the video that's on your screen right now. But as part of that was the notion that Netflix and Disney Plus and these big conglomerate entities with this large amount of content underneath them were going to have the most success in drawing viewers, drawing customers to paying 10 or 15 or $20 a month. And so when you had HBO Max and you had Discovery Plus out there, you could combine them and create something that was bigger and potentially competitive with those companies. Amazon Prime is in a little bit of a different state because Amazon Prime is, at least as I understand it, first and foremost, a kind of delivery payment service and then has these bonuses. Those bonuses are starting to become more of a driver of the value and Amazon would certainly like to see that. They want to be in the content competition business here, 
but it will be interesting to see what it is that they actually do with this. I'm also not as sure as Variety's quoted analysts here that there are a lot of combinations and consolidations that are left out there with these companies to go and try to compete with the Disney Pluses and the Netflixes of the world. It will be interesting to see what breaks off and spins off and combines in hopefully interesting ways to create this new market of streaming competitors that is clearly forming uh, underneath all of this. Companies that kicked the tires on MGM when it was being quietly shopped in recent months had expressed shock over the price that Amazon was willing to pay for the studio. They believed the studio was worth more on the order of $5 billion to $6 billion, that's $3 billion in difference, with the assumption of some debt. That was due in part to the fact that MGM actually shares the right to the Bond franchise with a company called Eon Productions. In fact, if you like James Bond, you'll see that name at the top of all their movies. That company, which is run by half-siblings Barbara Broccoli and Michael G. Wilson, has an unusual amount of control over the spy series with rights to approve everything from marketing to casting and from distribution to ancillary projects. In fact, Eon is fairly famously prickly about everything James Bond in driving when a James Bond movie gets made, who the new James Bond is going to be, when they don't want a movie to be made. This was something that actually drove watchers of MGM batty because they would get in the way of what was one of MGM's premier series now here in the year 2021. Eon Productions is also a little bit complicated in and of itself. I've pulled up the Wikipedia page here, but we'll just get a taste for what these folks, the lawyers, the licensors, and the licensees are dealing with when it comes to James Bond. Eon, a closely owned public and family corporation, was started by film producers Albert R. Cubby Broccoli and Harry Saltzman in 1961. At the same time, they became partners and sought financing for Dr. No, the first James Bond movie. The year before, they formed Danjack, which for legal reasons became Eon's holding company from which it licenses the rights to produce the Bond film. So Danjack actually sounds like from this Wikipedia entry, and you can never be entirely certain with a Wikipedia entry describing corporate structure, so we'll take it with a grain of salt. Sounds like Danjack holds the rights, Eon licenses those, and then Eon licenses it and works with it on the MGM side because MGM owns a portion of Danjack, as we will see. In 1975, after nine films, Harry Saltzman, one of those original two founders, sold his shares of Danjack to United Artists. Eon Productions is still owned by the Broccoli family. They control that aspect. However, United Artists then eventually gets bought by Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer. The copyrights and trademarks for the film properties which began with Dr. No are held by Dan Jack and United Artists Corporation. The latter bought by MGM in 1981, but as an MGM subsidiary, its name still appears in the Bond copyright and trademark disclaimers. Then we have co-distributions of the current Daniel Craig line with Columbia Pictures and the revival of United Artists formed as a joint venture between MGM and Annapurna under the label United Artists Releasing, as well as the expiration of the Columbia Pictures deal for the Daniel Craig movies, allowed the distribution of No Time to Die, which will come out whenever, to be shared between United Artists Releasing and Universal, while Dan Jack retains the essential rights to the film. You understand? No? Nobody does. And these are the fights that you get into. And this is what lowers value. One of the things we've talked about in virtual legality, and certainly I've talked with my clients about, is you want a clean book. When you're talking about selling something like your company, it's just like when you're selling your house. You go through the effort of fixing up the cracks and cleaning up things, maybe even renting furniture to go in there to make it look good. Because even these little problems, and 
James Bond writes is not a little problem, can lower the value of your house slash your company immensely. So you want to make sure your minute books are up to date. You want to make sure your documentation is up to date. And a lot of these analysts looked at it and said, well, since we can't control Eon production, since we can't control the Broccoli family, what could be worth seven or eight or eight and a half billion dollars is actually worth substantially less because we don't know what that third party will do. And if we can't control them, we have to discount the value that this company has to us. In fact, a lot of these analysts apparently thought that that discount should be on the order of $3 billion or so. Amazon clearly disagreed, however. Continuing, as of the end of the first quarter, 2021, Amazon had $73.3 billion in cash, cash equivalents and marketable securities on its balance sheet, as well as $31.9 billion in long-term debt. So they've got debt that they're servicing, but they actually have $70 billion in stuff that they can liquidate to buy other companies without having to go and get more debt, without having to talk to anybody else. So when we're talking about an $8.5 billion deal, we're talking about something like pocket change for a company like Amazon. In fact, Variety now posits, as they continue in their paragraph, when companies enter material definitive agreements, the SEC requires them to disclose details of such transactions in regulatory filings. As of 9.30 a.m. Wednesday, Amazon had not filed any disclosures related to the MGM deal, which suggests that Amazon does not consider the $8.45 billion purchase price to be material to its business. Um, I, I'm not so sure that I agree with that. It would surprise me, to be honest, if Amazon doesn't wind up filing uh, a document in short form about this agreement. But if they don't, Variety would have the right of it. And that would suggest that Amazon just doesn't view the amount of money as terribly significant. You know, if you go and you buy a tiny mom and pop, you don't have to disclose it to the SEC. In this particular metaphor, Amazon might consider MGM to be a tiny mom and pop. Yeah, Amazon's a real, real big company, folks, and certainly big tech consolidation is upon us. Amazon's deal to buy MGM for nearly $9 billion comes a day after the Attorney General for Washington, D.C. filed an antitrust lawsuit against the e-commerce colossus, alleging Amazon engages in anti-competitive practices, including price fixing that have resulted in higher prices for consumers and stifled innovation and choice across the entire online retail market. That's where Variety actually concludes. This is a little bit more editorializing than I'm comfortable with in my journalism. If we go and we look at this actual antitrust lawsuit, which no, we're not going to dive into for 50 solid videos. We'll keep track of this like we keep track of everything else, folks. It says Washington, D.C.'s attorney general filed a lawsuit against Amazon.com on Tuesday, alleging the online retailer broke antitrust law by requiring that third-party sellers not offer better deals for their products elsewhere. Attorney General Carl Racine said Amazon requires third-party sellers to give its customers the same or better prices than they offer elsewhere. This has 100% nothing to do with content delivery, with Amazon Prime's video service, with the consolidation of a movie studio into Amazon as a tech conglomerate. It's merely added by variety here as color, although we would point out that all of those routine details, those regulatory approvals will be happening in light of everything that's happening in big technology, as well as the other consolidations that are happening, including but not limited to Warner Brothers, Discovery, Microsoft buying Bethesda, and all of these various other things that are happening in entertainment after Disney 
got away with buying Fox with no issues from the regulatory parties. So that's what's happening right now. We will, of course, watch this. Certainly your takeaways are this deal isn't done, no matter what my thumbnail says. And we'll be seeing if this actually gets approved by the various parties, which it ordinarily would uh, in a context like this. And whether or not Amazon's going to do anything with respect to James Bond, the MGM library, and what exactly it intends strategically to do with that whole library of MGM videos. It's certainly an interesting time in virtual legality, in pop culture, in movies, in television, in games in general. And so I'm very thankful for everybody that follows it with me here in virtual legality, especially to our Patreon sponsors for May, Tavern Keeper and Dragon Girl. If you are interested in supporting the channel and seeing your name up there, please look at our Patreon, seeing Streamlabs, buying something from the store, or if all else fails, just subscribing, upvotes, downvotes, leaving a comment, telling YouTube forum posts and your friends that we exist. If you watch this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.